2: Hey, podcast time. It's the in Our Stars, Billboards, Rock, and Alternative, and Punk, whatever, podcast. My name is Chris Payne. I'm your host. This week's episode is with a band called Big Ups. They've been around for a little while now. They formed in NYU, in New York City, a few years back. They all came together from different parts of the country and Canada in this music technology course, but... What they finally settled on collaborating was this punk band called Big Ups, which they're about to roll out their second album. Actually, it comes out today, March 4th, if you're listening to this on the first day the podcast is out there. It's called Before a Million Universes. And I had a really good time chatting with these four guys. Like I said, they came together kind of loosely playing in different bands, started Big Ups as this thing to play Friends Parties, play smaller kind of venues. At first, didn't really take it seriously as sort of like a, a serious project or anything like that. But a few years after that, they were playing in a Belgian festival to about 6,000 people, something we talk about in this podcast. So things in a lot of ways ramped up pretty quickly for these guys, and it was really interesting hearing them say how that all happened. So, yeah, this is uh, Big Ups and our Stars. And before we start, I just want to say that If you want to subscribe to the podcast, if you enjoy this, maybe it's your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast by clicking the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story if you're viewing this on billboard.com. There you can uh, subscribe, like I said. If you can give us a star rating, give us feedback, that helps a lot with everything we do. And also you can listen to archived episodes there. All the episodes we've done, we've been doing this for a little over a year now, so there's a ton of stuff there. Uh, some recent stuff we've had, Chairlift, Yay Sayer, Ra Ra Riot, Downtown Boys on the podcast, so plenty to dig in there in the archives. And uh, yeah, if, if another way you can get into all that stuff, aside from clicking the link, uh, if you're not viewing this on billboard.com, you can just go into iTunes in the podcast app and search for The Alt in Our Stars. That is the name of the show. Up next, interview with Big Ups. Enjoy. <laughs> So, hey, we're podcasting here at Billboard with Big Ups. Thanks for coming by, guys. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Yeah, I know that you guys all have different schedules. You, some of you guys took off from work, some of you guys were off. What did it, what did it take for everyone to make it here today?
1: Definitely a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What was the lie? I had a dentist appointment.
2: Oh, that's a good lie. Yeah. That's a, g- it's a good lie for getting out of daytime things. I think there was one time when I was really little when I was trying to get out of like like baseball practice or something and it was at night and I tried to use a dentist appointment and it was really <laughs> awkward cuz it just like didn't make any sense.
3: <laughs> 24-hour dentistry. <laughs> There's a hole in the market. <laughs> Try to go like the convenient omission route where it's like I haven't an appointment (laughs) i'm not gonna say it's a doctor prior engagement exactly it's a a thing that i have to do i've taken
4: these things pretty far though like yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i've definitely pushed it with taking days off and things this one job i i just said i had an emergency and i just like looked at my boss in the eye and i was like it's very real (laughs) (laughs) i just i was very vague you just went with that yeah and he was like "Go get out of here go do your thing
2: well, I mean, you would have to be a certain kind of boss to double down on that and, like, want facts. Exactly. I knew, then, I knew he
4: wasn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you knew he wasn't going to call you
4: on that. Exactly. It was perfect. Seamus, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, before we, before we go further, how about introduce yourselves and say what you do in the band. Uh, I'm Carlos, and I play bass. Uh, I'm Brendan, I play drums. I'm Joe, I'm the vocalist.
3: I'm Mar and I play the guitar.
2: So, it's the second time you guys are putting out an album into the world, and the second time doing promotion around it. How's it different? What's
0: it like this time? Um, In some ways, I feel like, personally, I feel more prepared, because I know what to expect, but I also feel less prepared in the sense that, like, kind of the first go around when we came out with a record. It was, everything that happened felt like so serendipitous, and so I didn't really personally like think like, oh, like this is ever going to happen again, sort of. It felt, uh, I wasn't anticipating it, but now that I know that press is coming, I'm like, oh, I don't know how to talk about this stuff, really. <laughs> <In> the, <laughs> so it's, it before it kind of was like a, a surprise, like, oh, uh, talk about the record and, I hadn't really like gotten anxious about having to speak about it, and now I feel like now that I knew it was all coming, that we're going to put out a record again, and that people are most likely going to want to talk about it, <laughs> yeah. as we're doing right now. Exactly. It's certainly a little bit more like it feels like there's okay. a lot, a little bit more pressure, I guess, um, to to get it right. But um, hey, I'm we're all here. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a good job so far. Oh, thanks.
2: It sounds like you're picking up on how the media likes to put a narrative when they talk about a new release.
0: That is a, a big thing that I've thought about a lot with coming out with this record cuz I'm not sure if um I know what our narrative is really. So um <laughs> and uh it's it's I think it's interesting to see how like the media it, with just bands in general um how there's always sort of like the story and and uh and and why you should care and um and everything like that. So trying to figure out what what is our story. I think we're like still figuring that out ourselves. Um perhaps. I don't know. I don't want to speak for everybody, but that's how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's
2: true. Yeah, and it's I think it's definitely harder for bands a second time around because so much of music press for better or worse just goes towards like new artists with their first record. So I think there is like some you can kind of hang your hat on like yeah, it's the second album and we're doing it. Right, yeah. Yeah. Before you guys formed at NYU, were you all? You, were, did you did you all come from Baltimore? No. No.
0: Yeah, just me wearing the Baltimore okay. hat for you radio <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so all, where'd you all come from?
4: Yeah, we're all kind of spread out. I I'm from Buffalo. Um, yeah, Carl's from Connecticut.
3: And I grew up in Canada.
4: Where in Canada?
3: Ottawa.
2: Okay. Okay. It's
3: the, uh, the capital that very few people seem to know is the capital Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah if you
2: threw me on the spot right there it's like i know it's not toronto or montreal but i'm not sure i would have said ottawa right away yeah
3: somewhere somewhere geographically in between the two but yeah
2: yeah yeah so you guys came from a bunch of different places um and the band the band's initial home base where forum was at NYU. Yeah. And you, you guys all met each other in a class, right?
4: Uh, yeah, we were all in the same program at school, which was a relatively small program. So um, I think, you know, we're all, Carlos, Joe and I are all the same year in Amar, so you're younger. But he was, stayed the longest. So he's, <laughs> he's the only one the who's Most master's. educated. Yeah, the most educated <laughs> of all. Uh, but yeah, we all met like in the program, so we had a bunch of classes together. And even if we didn't, we kind of had to see a lot of each other.
0: There was a lot of, like, hanging out on... there. So there's this one building. Was it 35 West 4th? Yeah, Yeah. and a single floor of that. Yeah, okay.
1: Which is our home base.
0: Yeah, there was a bunch of, like, uh, recording studios because we did music technology, and so everybody just kind of hung out on that floor if they didn't have class, and so that was, like, where... Pretty much all of the socializing I did in college took place, I'd say. It's like yeah. on that floor. So.
2: <laughs> a few
3: floors with a couple couches. You can like sit or nap and hang out. So.
2: Yeah. Because probably people come from all different parts of the city to go to class. It takes a lot of time to go back and come back and forth for class. So you be- people stay there oh, yeah. on the yeah. floor. It just yeah. becomes yeah. a thing. Yeah, Bonding. Exactly. And, and people use- also
3: work there mm-hmm. on the floor, like maintaining the studios. So they hang, like Carlos worked there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, worked is like yeah. literally. Yeah. Loose. Yeah. So it's it's loose a lot time. of hanging and some working, you know? A lot of napping going on. Napping. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and music technology was the name of the program. Yes. yes. Okay. So from from getting from that Where did you guys all come into punk? Because it seems like you guys appreciate all different kinds of music in, in order to be like interested in a program like that. So what drew each of you to punk music and wanting to be in that kind of a band?
0: Well, well, when I, I guess like I started personally listening to that like punk, like in middle school and, you know, just like different, you know, styles of music in general kind of like opened up. And then I, I think I started going to shows um, when I was in high school as well. And like, I was always drawn to the, the punk bands because of their energy and um the performance aspect of it and that was kind of always the original plan for this band well first of all there really wasn't much of a plan but the idea was it was very limited in scope it was like we're just gonna play shows and like i mean we were a band for like three years before we ever put out a record you know we've, we've been um you know we did a, like a Two seven inches, so that's like what four songs. Like we <laughs> <laughs> didn't really like. W- w- it was never like the the. It, it was way more about the performance, and so that, I think that was part of the reason why that was like kind of the the chosen medium. And I remember like Amar and I, we would go to shows like. Yeah. I, I'm. We specifically. I remember going to see like uh, Future Islands and Double Dagger at at Death, Death by, by Audio, Audio, which was
3: it's the second time I'd ever been to Death by Audio. Yeah.
0: So that was, um, you know, like. Kind of like watching bands that perform, like both of those bands do, um, um, was a big inspiration for probably being like, all right, well, it's going to be this kind of a, a band. I don't, I don't think that necessarily, you know, like 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 you said, I think that all of us like other kinds of music so much, and we all play other kinds of music as well. Like you know, everybody's kind of working on their own separate things that are okay. you know, um, so you know, um, but this is kind of how this band came about it was like like I said I feel like it was so like not thought out really it was like let's make a band that goes and plays shows and has a lot of energy and a lot of fun and that's like what it was and and it I never would have thought that we'd still be playing like nearly six years later you know like it's actually started
4: with a song called no plan yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was one of our first songs exactly (laughs)
3: yeah I mean in in Ottawa where I grew up like starting to go to shows that was a lot of what the shows were there um it's it's always kind of like a running joke but also kind of true that the music in Ottawa and to an extent in the surrounding cities is like a couple years behind uh the U.S. but less so now because of the internet but I went to a lot of ska shows in high school yeah. and it was like the fourth or fifth ska is not dead tour. <laughs> so ska is kind of dead at that point, but it's, you know, they're still, still doing the Skies not still dead Still living right? in Ottawa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there were a lot of like punk and ska shows, a lot of like actually a surprising amount of crust punks for a government city. Um, like a lot of rud- rudimentary peony t-shirts and a lot of like drinking 40 ounces under a bridge type punks, you know? Mm. Um, but I think, That just like having something to do that wasn't hanging out with people from high school was just, you know, that gave you a sense of community in Mm. the city. And then coming here and trying to find that here, just being drawn, not necessarily to punk bands here, because I don't know that any of us like do the New York's all right thing or any of the hardcore thing. So more just loud music, I guess. Yeah. Just music. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, even with the bands that we play with, like most of the time in New York, we're playing with probably more like indie bands, you know, Mm. whatever that really means. And then, you know, um, but I think that there's, yeah, there's certainly like an energy and agency and a certain like mentality that probably goes along with being in a, you know, punk band. But I think that's some of the most like, punk bands in New York don't necessarily play punk music. It's more about, you know, kind of, like, engaging in that community of people who are, you know, putting on shows because they love it and supporting their friends and, you know, su- supporting friends who are doing things that aren't music-related. It's, you know, I guess more of, like, the... Uh, like a set of beliefs. Yeah, a set of beliefs and, and uh yeah, a community-orientedness and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and that whole, you mentioned, like, Punk and indie rock, yeah, I have no idea. I feel like it makes n- their distinction really makes no sense. And if you just even try to start to explain it, you yeah. just sound like an idiot,
0: right? It's like, what is it punk because it's like faster or louder or what? What makes the <laughs> punk thing punk? And I'm sure that there's some people that are you know very strictly purist about that, but I don't just think... want my indie rock. Yeah, keep <laughs> me away from that punk stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, it's so
3: brash
2: <laughs> and we could talk about punk and
0: pop punk, but we should not even do that
3: well we could you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to yeah um, pop punk's great too defend pop punk so is Blink
3: 182 the reason I bought a guitar yeah there you go yeah.
4: I mean yeah they were they were fun. I listened to them. That was about as punk as I got in high school, <laughs> which is, you know, I don't know to say that's punk at all. It is kind of punk, I guess. I don't know. But I just wanted to play music. I was playing surf rock before we uh, we did big ups.
0: And that's, yeah, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. We were, like, the Brendan and Amar and myself, we were in, like, a surf rock, instrumental surf rock band. And uh Aaron and the birds, correct that's right yeah. internet yeah these, <laughs> things are yo. these things are out there <laughs> that was that we did that, and uh, I don't know, playing that kind of music it's that's pretty punk, pretty pop punk. I feel like like when you're playing like a instrumental surf song and you like think about it and you're like this is basically a blink one eighty two song yeah. like mm-hmm. it pretty much has all the you know like same like chord structures and patterns and stuff like that. it's fast you just don't you're not like singing about, you know, getting, like, dumped or whatever. It's just, <laughs> there's just no singing instead. <laughs> so, at what point did it turn from Aaron and the Burrs
2: to Big Ops?
4: Um,
2: well, the, one
4: of my good friends, Nick, in the band Space Wolves, who was fronting Aaron and the Burrs, left New York. And uh, around the time that stopped, Joe and Amar
0: had been doing music stuff together, right? Yeah. Yeah. We played like at, in your apartment a few times, but that was also very kind of different music. That was like it trying to be like a ponytail ripoff yeah, band. And, just and... Wong. and then yeah. I,
4: I kind of don't even know how it started. Like Carlos was playing with you guys or something,
3: she and yeah. sent us a message being like, "Hey, I wrote these songs. Do you guys want to play some shows playing these songs? Who should we get to play bass?"
0: Yeah, then we got Carlos. Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And then, yeah, and then I just played drums, and that was kind of it, because I played drums in Aaron in the Burst.
0: Yeah, it was basically kind of like, I think it was the same, about the same time that yeah, Nick... It was the same summer. Yeah, Nick, Nick was left. left, and then I think I just had a lot of fun playing those shows, and that was certainly, like, Nick's thing. That was his baby, so, like, we couldn't keep playing that, so we yeah. started yeah. a new band, you know? Yeah, let's play an old song. This is Goes Black. I can't remember what happened yesterday, the day before, or anything, at any rate, anyway. I think what I'm trying to say is, I don't want to live a life like this. What happened about Goes Black?
2: So, at some point, it seems like from what I can piece together, the band transforms from something that's based around like playing parties, playing shows for your friends to towards actually like making it more of a big part of your lives. That's what I'm picking up on,
4: yeah,
0: totally. I'd say that's true, yeah,
2: and I guess maybe around the when the first album came out, like doing press and all that goes
1: into that, you didn't even... really do any press before that album came out that I think that just kind of happened all after it was kind of strange we got a pitchfork track right up and then just kind of there's emails that just came in and this were like starts yeah (laughs) and we're like oh okay like like we didn't really know how press worked and you know that you had
3: a pr person who would pitch your tracks to people and that was the first time that we'd had that happen for us like we had somebody working on that record Mm -hmm. and you know learning how that all goes.
0: Yeah, I think the, in terms of taking it seriously, I, I think it was kind of when I, like for me, when I think it was when we started recording that record mm-hmm. because we got um, like Dead Labor, the the label that put that out, um, sort of Derek who runs that, he asked us to um, make a record basically. I don't think until at, the, at that point we had ever like consciously gotten together and been like we should make a full-length record at some point you know it was sort of he's he was Derek was like I'm starting this label if you guys were to put out a full-length record I would put it out Mm -hmm. and so I mean I think that maybe in the back of my mind I I thought that we would maybe do a record but we hadn't really ever talked about it you know and so that was like all right we went into the studio and we, we recorded this record and it was like we I mean that record like 18 hours of static it has like a song on it that was on a seven inch that we'd already put out because we didn't really like have enough songs, <laughs> yes. you know, like we it was like we no bonus do this again, tracks. I guess, yeah, yeah and then you know, like didn't like, have
2: the iTunes bonus tracks on that one no. I, well, <laughs> the iTunes deluxe exclusive,
0: <laughs> here it is, the same song
1: again. <laughs>
2: And like you guys went to Europe playing that album. Like I was watching. There's a video, a pretty well edited video. Maybe you guys did it with Pop, the festival in and Belgium. They did that. They did yeah. that, and okay. that was amazing. Yeah.
0: we got that DVD. You had
2: like, a DVD like when we got off
0: stage. Yeah. Like, yeah, it had already been edited. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. They, they run a great. I don't know Pop in Belgium. They amazing. whoever's their video team. Great wow. job. They did it Kudos. so fast.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, so Cheers. Like, they,
3: they put it on a screen while you're playing, and then they're just like, mm. "Here's exactly what was up there." Yeah. So, wow,
2: artists go play Pookle Pop.
3: I think yeah. it's pretty clear. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah um, do it if you get a chance. It was fun.
3: That was the biggest show we've played to date, too, yeah, I think. Was oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So, yeah,
2: it's. I know it's for people listening. It's kind of difficult listening to a podcast, trying to process a video, but you should definitely check out the uh, Big Upset of Pookle Pop on YouTube. And when you, for reference, if people do watch the video... What was the crowd like?
3: Because you can't really see too much of it. Like how big, what was, what was the vibe like? It's, it's in a tent that fits 6,000 people. Oh, shit. Um, and it was maybe like half full until it started raining and then it filled up much mm. more. <laughs> and then, yeah, I get you know, that people are bob. there. Li- and so. I we- mean, we
4: did. I remember after the show, you sold merch.
3: Like,
1: Behind he's just like, yeah. he's
4: like, I'm going to sell merch right there. And he just points to the corner of the stage. And then uh, we did really well. So I think yeah. people it was, were into people it. People seemed very into it.
0: You no, know, yeah, that was the thing. I think that um, personally playing for a crowd like that. That was the first time that we had played for that many people, and it was a little intimidating. But then also, kind of seeing that it was just kind of like this massive people, um, it was um, kind of less intimidating almost. Like there was, it was like, all right, this is like, a, uh, you know, this is there obviously are individuals in the in the audience, but from the perspective of being on stage and being like, okay, it's just a, a lot of bobbing heads or something. Yeah. And then, but then when I, when I feel like when I did focus on it, people there, were, it was like very, it was a very supportive crowd. And Definitely. I guess it was interesting, like, cause I've never really gone to that many music festivals, but always the impression that I got of music festivals is that it's not about who's playing. It's more about the experience, but it, in a way, like that was the thing that was really cool about that show is that everybody who was there obviously wanted to, to kind of watch us. And uh, because it was early, maybe except for the rain. The people that got rained on, but um, but
3: there were enough people there before it rained that it seemed like that, yeah. It was
0: yeah. like it felt it, which is, that was like a very surprising thing for me. And I was like, okay, I actually don't mind playing this kind of show, it was it was cool.
1: It's also kind of strange because it's like the most space on a stage <laughs> that you ever yeah, have. You're right? Like, what do I do? Do I walk around like back and forth? <laughs> like, I'm like, like
3: 30 feet away from Carlos, yeah.
1: Usually, it's like there's play these tiny stages or. Joe's running into us and, like... Love being But on here now, it's platform. like, you like. how do people do these giant, like, stadiums and arenas and you, like, have to do a show? like? I
2: feel like a lot of big... Like, if you're in U2 or something, each member is such a star that you, like, want your own space to the stage. Like, you own right. that. Don't come near my <laughs> space. <man.
3: laughs> yeah, I mean, Brennan had a drum riser that they rolled off stage.
4: Yeah, I love so the drum cool. risers. Although I was, like, spinning at that show, but <laughs> yeah. still. Yeah, that was...
3: Oh, that was that show. That's right. Yeah, that was
4: like an hour vertigo. before it started. I
2: started getting like severe vertigo, but it's cool. We pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes me think, like Joe, with your stage persona. Yeah, you're you're fun on stage. I try to be. Yeah. <laughs> where where does your persona come from? Like, where do you
0: tap into from for that? Well, I think that um, part of it is is um, like watching. People who are good at it, like when I was growing up, because I think that when I was younger, I didn't. I saw a lot of like concerts that were sort of bigger, and then um, you know, like you know, bigger rooms and bigger stages and stuff like that. I didn't quite feel that that connection, and then I started going to a lot of shows that were way smaller and with bands that I didn't really even know. Like, there was a really big music scene in Baltimore when I was growing up, and kind of being exposed to that made like humanized the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I saw that like these people that were playing music were just people, not like this band is a a beast into its own or whatever. Um, So I think that like going to shows and seeing that people are just people and that they're being themselves or perhaps exaggerated versions of themselves. And it's, I don't know that, that, that was like inspiring. But then also there is the, the, um, on the other side of the coin, there's like the the aspect that it is a performance, and so mm-hmm. that's another thing that I kind of I think tap into. It's weird. I feel like uh, recently, it's 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 I'm like more um, I'm trying to tr- trying to figure out exactly like how to I- engage in the best way because I don't know. There's like so many f- front people, and how do you find your own? like a voice and way of delivering and and stuff like that. But regardless, I think the, 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 the important thing is like, yeah, trying to make it fun, trying to make it an experience that is more than just going to see a show that you realize that as an audience member, that you're participating in it just by being there. um, And that it is, yeah, you're not just uh, watching. It's, it's something that's happening and you're there and, and we're there. Playing with you, I guess, in a way. That's probably not the best way to word that. You're but playing <laughs> our instruments, <laughs> you, the audience members, are playing our songs. No. <laughs>
2: yeah, exaggerated version of yourself. When you said that, that sounded really interesting. Mm. Cause it's well, it makes me think of like yeah, like just ramping up whatever your personality is and whenever you're singing or like playing your instrument like that's who you are on stage that sounds really interesting
0: well yeah i think that especially in terms of yeah like, when we play like there is a certain boldness that comes from it being like all right i have all this adrenaline and um i like and also a, a, an air of confidence that's like well this is what we do together and we have a lot of like fun and we care about it a lot and so from that just like it makes makes me want to to um to do i don't know perform well i guess and and make it make it a good experience for everybody that's there um and yeah i think that there are times where that because of that energy and excitement that comes from that that there is sort of like this um i don't want to say like unfiltered but i'm like way more willing to to i don't know let loose when I'm yeah you got performing
2: you got like moves on stage yeah I like to like,
0: dance like you shake it you dance I like to dance <laughs> you kind of
2: I noticed because like, I was we were talking before I the last time I saw Big Ups was recently opening for Bully and for Mets oh at yeah Music Hall and you kind of ha- you kind of have like a like a scoot across the st- like jumping like from side to side across <laughs> the
0: stage yeah cool <laughs> I <I'll> remember <laughs> that that's the move that sticks out I'll be like all right I never know what he does up scoot. there. Yeah. Never, yeah. I don't know what you do either because I'm my exactly. back's facing you.
4: You know, we do this thing together, and, and meanwhile, we're, we just have no idea what's going yeah, on.
0: Yeah, for all I know, I could turn around, and it's just like you're just pressing play on a drum track of an iPod, <laughs> and then I'm like, what? That Did only happens fool- half the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you guys have been mentioning seeing Future Islands a while back. I bet watching them perform, especially Samuel, that can be really inspiring.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that I think for me specifically as like someone who does like front person thing was, yeah. was very much an inspiration, just like, yeah, he, uh, he gives it his all and puts so much emotion into it and, um, makes it, and it's a, it's a performance. It's like, you're not, it's not a, a, a passive thing where, um, you know, someone's just going up there and playing the songs. Like it's the, the songs are playing through him, you know? So, um, that's a part of it
3: yeah I feel like that show especially too it's like such a nice little synecdoche of influences like oh the with, show at that death, death by audio because yeah. it was like smarts where it's like this guy who like kind of makes himself as small but also as like big on stage as possible at the same time and double dagger where it's like very like him Im- emoting but like you know just very unfiltered I don't know and then yeah um future islands it's kind of theatrical interesting i don't
0: know yeah i think that i mean that all, all three of those bands have front people or baltimore front people mm, that, that are, are big <laughs> big influential yeah. big influential
2: yeah yeah when was the earliest any of you saw them because i'm just interested what they were like way back uh, future islands yeah joe
4: i mean worked with them and.
2: In...
0: yeah i saw them in oh, 2007 okay. oh wow yeah the first time i saw them was in a, in a, a parking lot um well it was a, it's like a sort of an alleyway um Behind this gallery, that I don't even know what it's called now, but it it, it used to be called Load of Fun Gallery, and okay. uh, so this this festival in Baltimore called Wartscape, that was sort of uh uh making making fun of the uh, city sponsored art festival that happened every summer um
2: which is called what
0: artscape oh, okay. All right.
2: <laughs> i was thinking it was that but i wasn't sure yeah yeah
0: so um and th- yeah th- so that was the first time i ever i ever saw them and uh i i think later talked with them about that um and i think they said that was one of their earliest shows they ever played in baltimore so it's pretty cool pretty cool experience Just kind of stumbled in there with some friends i had no idea what i was getting myself into and, and saw saw them so yeah cool
2: cool feel like I want to get back to the new album. I'll build. Let's play another song. This is National Parks. Yeah, on the first album, you're very direct about the things you're criticizing, critiquing about society and consumerism and how a lot of things are disposable. It's very direct. It's like when people are listening, like they know what's up. Do you think that is the same way on this album? Do you think that's changed at all?
0: I think that has changed. And I think that, that was, uh, in terms of how I was writing, I think that that was a very intentional change. Because, I don't know, I think that... Um, being like so didactic about things uh, I I never it never really even occurred to me that the the like the lyrics on the the first record were so direct I think that there's also certain songs that people really latched onto like in the media saying you know like you know like a like I mean uh you talk about like disposer that's song the song that you're talking about disposable um, things and there's other songs and that's on that record that I think that are more vague but I definitely wanted to try to at least lyrically go for a more poetic approach so that the songs would perhaps have more interpretations than even what I could have thought of. Um, There are, you know... Uh, it's actually funny that like the the songs that we kind of chose for the singles for this record are not those songs. We kind of like <laughs> chose like the, the songs that have very explicit meanings. But I think a lot of the other songs on the record, like while there is like a thematic tie in it, it they are written intentionally with um, more vagaries. If that's is that a word? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It sounds sounds like a good word. It sounds like a good word. So you know that that they they have they have uh, meaning to me personally, but hopefully can be more evocative than just what the 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 simple language there is um it's yeah it's definitely uh, an exercise in in learning to be a better writer or a different kind of writer so Mm. yeah
2: at the heart of it though what things were inspiring you to write lyrics
0: um a lot of experiences day to day like there's so many things that are kind of like i don't know like like there are things that are very specific but are are just kind of like smudged into something that I think people can relate more to like there's songs about specific friends of mine on on the record songs about family members but the the bigger overarching theme is about personhood and 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 the self and like you know how um how a, a person's like uh Conception of themselves helps them to understand how they are in society and like function in that way um, So that was sort of a big inspiration like you know, there's a lot of poetry references on the record about like Walt Whitman and
2: that's the title, right? Yeah,
0: the title is, is taken from uh, song of myself. So once again about about the self So uh, before
2: a million universes the title.
0: That's, that's it. Out. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um it's 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 about it's about identity, it's about um personhood, it's about um individuality and how those how those conceptions fit into something bigger, into society, how how the how like one person can be part of something bigger, basically. Mm. Would you say at all you write like love songs, does that come into play? Um in a way, I don't know, like dedications, I would say, perhaps mm-hmm. more than love songs, but um, there are expressions of love in, in other ways, you know, not so much like a traditional love song, but like this is for you, Yeah. this is for, you know, this idea, this is for uh, this person, yeah.
2: Yeah, I ask because I think for a lot of songwriters, it's kind of the opposite where it's very difficult for them to write a song that's not about love, it's just sort of like a default setting. And with your music, it just seems like it's interesting because there's so many other things explored. Where it seems like, eh, that's not really like something that's explored much.
0: Yeah, maybe the next album will be a, a bunch of what is it? Sixty-nine <laughs> love songs, right? Yeah. Magnetic fields. Magnetic fields. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll. Yeah, maybe we'll write some love songs. I don't. I think that. Yeah, especially it's uh, like about I, time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might as well write a love song. <laughs> In terms of writing stuff, it's like, I want to, um, I think that all of us kind of want to just uh, do what, like I said, do what feels right. Like, yeah. Like, no no, no limits. Maybe it will be some love songs in the next thing that we do, or I don't know.
2: Yeah, and another thing, I've heard you guys say in interviews before that you don't want to be called a political band, that you don't exactly well about that
0: um
2: i don't i don't think that that's
0: necessarily true i just don't well i think that for me personally i will hope that people would realize that it's it's more than a political band okay. that that there are songs that are uh, in, inherently tied to politics and and you know uh what we do as a as a band is is you know political too you know like there's um but I think that that's only part of it and and yeah I think to say that we're not a political band is not true but to say that we're a political band is also not true <laughs> like, because I think we're a, we're a band that 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 writes songs about lots of different things and sometimes the songs are political in nature and sometimes they aren't that's just how it is and I think people hear political bands or just they hear political and they just think of
2: elections or presidents or just things like that And, you know, there's a certain, like, wackness tied into just, like, writing, like, you know, Rock Against Bush or something. But what (laughs) you're saying is, like, politics, which is true, like, are tied into everything. They're just, like,
0: life. Definitely, yeah. We're
4: writing about experiences that, you know, it's just the things that we are experiencing. And and, and in that way, it may sometimes be political.
3: Yeah, I think that's almost like the easy tag. It's political. People just kind of latch on to these are about something. As opposed to, like you said, love songs. So.
0: Right. Yeah. And then going back to to talking about crafting a narrative for the band, like it's it's it, like yeah, totally. It's like all right, this is a political band, and and yes, there are moments where, where and there's songs that are about it, but are are about political things. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think Brendan just put it best in saying that it's about life, and there are times where things that are part of a political structure can really change your life you know yeah so, yeah and realizing that 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 yes that like politics are tied up in, in so many different things that um uh it's kind of a lens in which you can look at things and and i think that that sometimes in terms of the lyrics what happens it, it is a political lens and there's other times where it's kind of stepping back from that a little bit so yeah yeah
2: yeah do you find yourself sometimes having to come together to make band decisions on like would we play this festival or this venue? Would we like all the have time. our music used for this? All yeah. the time? I
4: mean, in terms of decision-making in general, I think as a band, we are as not to sound political, as democratic as possible, but it's you know, I think that we've always been conscious of each other's opinions, and we always want to stay on the same page and make sure that whatever decisions we are making are something we are all okay with. Uh, so I think there's careful decision making with all of us.
3: Yeah. yeah,
0: I think that and then sometimes we make decisions that maybe other people from the outside might think like may not agree with, but it's very much about, you know everything's very well thought out, trust hmm. trust that. Okay. So. A
1: lot of emails. <laughs> A lot of emails.
0: And when you say everything,
2: is it basically just what I said with like shows and how your music gets used? Like what is it? What are these actual things you guys hash out?
0: I mean even opportunities to who we're gonna you know like what kind of press opportunities we're gonna get we got something I don't yeah. want to like name it uh, like by name but we got uh, offered something like some interview and it was just like very apparent immediately all four was like we are not going to do that um, you know um,
3: it's like a hokey thing and you know you don't yeah. want your name attached to that yeah,
0: yeah that's
4: part of it and then in terms of shows we want to play if we know that there's a, a, a band or a show that has some kind of affiliation that we're uncomfortable with or something, um, I know that's not as specific as you probably wanted, but you know, those are all things we consider.
0: Yeah, like, and and I think that in the in the same way, it's like there's things that we do because we, we know that there are people who are involved that we're like, oh, this is kind of like, I don't know if this is like a good idea, and then you kind of see like, oh, well, this person's like also involved with it, or like this band's playing, and you're kind of like, okay, like, you know yeah, i i yeah. like especially coming from like a, a community of musicians like we do it's like you could kind of see how other people are are gauging it and um make decisions based on that as well you know
2: if you can give any details without naming names what was like the weird interview um, what, what made it weird
4: i think it was it was it was gimmicky you know it was uh, hmm. they they clearly had this like idea that they wanted us it, it was more you know it was less that had to do with us as a band or our music in general and more of wouldn't it be funny to hear these guys say some silly things Yeah, it was like a dumb okay. pun type um, thing you know. so, uh, and it's just you know it's not, not that that's you know I'm sure that's great for some people and, and you know some people say you know all press is, is good but but it's just if we don't have to do that or if we you know don't really necessarily feel like we want to we're not going to yeah exactly
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Ooh, all press is good that's a very loaded one it is, yeah oh, why wow. well,
4: that's a vague statement as well cuz not all press is good though a little <laughs> bit of a, but um just you know what's the the, the saying it's like no all, what do they say it's i think like, that
0: is isn't that a saying like, all publicity is good publicity yeah, right. yeah
4: exactly like there's people no bad say press press that yeah whatever. there's no bad press it's it's attention and you know i'm sure this may be Maybe if we did that thing somebody would listen to it and be like, yeah. I love this band now because they're funny, but I don't really care. If, yeah if we you know, if they think we're funny or not, if they Yeah, we got a Twitter. We got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you guys we got, got some old jokes on Twitter. Twitter. We're doing that. Exactly. Exactly. If you really want to get to the, the humorous spirit of big ups, just go on Twitter. <laughs> Do you guys all submit to the Twitter account? Um, to an extent. He's yeah. got the Twitter fingers.
0: I think oh, it's me it's me and, and Carlos. Yeah. yeah.
3: I stay away from the Twitters as much as I can. We all have our personal Twitters, too, for other less okay. funny jokes. Okay. Or different jokes, you know?
2: Save save the best jokes for the Big Ups Twitter account. Sometimes.
1: Mm, not all the time. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what about just other releases, just things coming up with other artists? What are you excited for? Um
0: that is a good question I'm trying to i like I'm so out of the loop when it comes to like what's coming out like uh, I don't know I feel like I find records like two years after they come out I'm like oh this record's great and everyone's like yeah I'm already you know I'm already listening to their their third record unless it's someone we're directly like friends with friends yeah. with they're
4: talking to or seeing regularly it's, it's you kind of forget what else is happening
1: is there gonna be a Frank Ocean record anytime soon
2: man he was supposed to release that
1: last July
2: I don't know that's I yeah. would I we would, would play guess, that, the guess. first
1: record in the van a lot. It's so yeah. good. So, it's yeah. so
0: good. It's a good driving music.
1: Yeah. Great driving music.
0: Yeah. Um I'm pretty excited about the Porches record that just came out. I mean that mm-hmm. that that's not upcoming, but I I um I've been that's like perfect train music. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm like riding the subway a lot and I just have like my earphones. in. that's also another thing I've on, I've only recently started listening to music while, while moving, like while like walking down the street, I've while never really, was... Really, <laughs> I'm never like to be in a, a, not...
2: a stable
0: position when I'm I, listening
2: to music. I pretty much,
0: I, I, yeah, I mean, I just, I just got an iPhone like a few, like a year ago or something. So now I'm just figuring out how to, how to like use technology in that way. Um, but, yeah, I think that, be, like, walking around the city and listening to music is, like, a really crazy experience. I highly recommend that to yeah. anybody. <laughs> Again, like,
2: listening to things a few years later. Like, yeah, <laughs> that...
0: yeah, I know Walkmans have been around since before I was born. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, back in
2: the day, I had a really shitty Walkman where if you walked around holding it, it would just, like, break. With every Like, every time you took a step, this, the music would, like, I to get that, Turn skip, protection. Yeah, yeah, you know? that skip protection,
3: yeah. Oh, 20 second skip protection. Wow, like a little
4: memory sticks, lasers. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was always the best. Like, will this jacket fit my CD player in a pocket? Yeah, you know,
4: I had one of those huge CD cases like CD in wallets. my backpack, those like huge, like that was the biggest thing in my backpack. And yeah. like before I walked home, I'd flip through and be like,
0: What am I gonna listen to today? Totally, hybrid theory, Lincoln Park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, that's the record I'm the most excited about is Hybrid Theory, Lincoln Park. <laughs> yeah, I've been
2: listening to that a lot lately, and man, I really think Lincoln Park holds up the, those first two albums
0: especially. I think I think Corn holds up really well too. Like, well, besides some of like the, the like and more the sonics than the lyrics. I mean, especially because I mean, a lot, some of the lyrics are just like actually actually nonsense but like you know like like that <laughs> but Shot i like fire. i feel like that like listening to corn in 2016 and being like what were they thinking like, this music is apps absolutely bonkers like, it, like like it's like so like the, the bass is like just clicky and but also everything's like tuned down so low it's so cool i don't know i feel like it'd be really cool if there was a a band that like was playing like like DIY shows in Brooklyn that sounded like corn. Like, has anyone listened to the, the dubstep corn record? I would never listen to the dubstep corn record. No you thanks. Can you to that? The dubstep corn re-
3: Right, because they claim that they invented dubstep? That's oh, a i I remember that claim. story. Yeah, I I
0: just like Untouchables. That was a good one. That has here to stay on it. That's my that's my my favorite corn How do they song. rank with Limp Biscuit? Limp Biscuit, uh, no thanks. Well I'm, but I'm done with it.
4: Limp Biscuit. Speaking of w- looking up videos after listening to uh, hearing us talk about them on podcasts, you should listen to you should go watch *Limp Bizkit* at Woodstock '99 when Fred Durst doesn't realize his microphone is off for a good like ten fifteen minutes <laughs> and he's just talking to the crowd. He goes, "Is this on? Is this on?" He's just yelling at people. Can you hear me? Is this on?
0: It's 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 hilarious. Uh, yeah, I it sounds great. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that I watched the *Corn* video from that same year at Woodstock. Yeah, Woodstock the '99. That like.
4: Yeah, when people are like the sur- crowd surfing on plywood, yeah, it's really muddy. It's like a yeah,
0: muddy. that yeah. sounds terrible. Yeah, I think that show. I think uh. that that was of like historically actually a really terrible. Thing. Right, people died. Yeah, I a lot would of people died. So. And- Guster played that one too. Yeah, because there was like t- t- really bad weather and people were just going crazy in the audience because you had a bunch of bands like Limp Bizkit and corn playing, which I don't think necessarily draws the best crowd. You know. Right. So.
3: There's like a video of Flimpisca just being like, Let's tear this place apart and people literally start tearing like yeah, the set fire sound area apart. You so. listen to Fred
0: Durst when he says that?
3: <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have to question you have to look at him and say, Are you really my God? <laughs> Is this really the bridge I'm going to jump off? <laughs> yeah. But
2: yeah. <laughs> a corn revival band playing around Brooklyn. That'd be cool.
0: I think it'd be cool like if you know uh, with more sonically. positive, positive ethos. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really say I know much about Korn's ethos. But or I
2: meant more the crowd not, like, being aggressive like that crowd. Yeah, yeah not about. like the Woodstock
0: 99 crowd, no thanks. Um, yeah, I just think that they, they sound cool, the, like, sonically. I can't really. Besides, like, I know that most of their songs are about feeling alienated. and But other than that, I can't really say much <laughs> else about their ethos. <laughs> Man, have you guys heard the new Deftones?
2: Were you into them?
3: Love White Pony. White Pony's great White Pony's record. so good. Yeah.
2: They have a new album coming out, though.
0: Yeah, I heard that. I'm trying to think of other records that are that I know are coming out that I'm excited about. But
3: Oh, t- today, podcast today, is the release day for Toss's new record. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about DFA that.
0: DFA Records. Yeah, they're, they're an awesome band. We've played with them a bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> talk about performance they also are yeah. great performers i feel like 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 always captivating and just so out there and weird yeah great band gorilla <laughs> toss
2: yeah and you guys were talking about down some boys earlier they yeah. i think they have a new album coming out oh really this, this year. year that's thing. Awesome. think or they're at least cool.
0: working on music sweet yeah well i saw them for the first time actually at silent Barn. actually i think right about the time as as the podcast yeah we, i
2: was there too you, with with like speedy yeah at that show yeah.
0: and um they played santa claus is coming to town it was awesome
2: and it was about like surveillance right yeah
0: like, it's like, like like he sees you when you're state. sleeping yeah <laughs> <laughs> like wow. you're being watched
2: <laughs> so santa claus
0: is the government i guess yeah mm. True. But uh, I feel you go really
2: deep into that about like how he decides who's been good and bad and hands things out. It's very fascist, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus is just big brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so
2: anything else you guys want to touch on? I'm good. I think we're good. Yeah, I yeah. feel pretty good. Cool. Thanks so much for coming by. Thanks, thanks, thanks Chris. for having us.
0: Thanks, Deirdre. Boom. Boom.
2: So, yeah, that's it. Big ups. That's them. I had a really good time with that talk. Like we said several times, their album is called Before a Million Universes. It's out today. Check it out. Check it out. And, yeah, if you like the podcast... um, Thank you so much for listening. First of all, I'm just so thrilled by all the feedback I get for this. I put a lot into this. So I'm always just very, very humbled when I see people getting into it and saying good things about it. If you want to subscribe to it, you can click the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story or just go into the podcast app in iTunes, search for the Altenar Stars. You can subscribe there. Like I said star rating good or bad helps us out tremendously so that's super appreciated and also all the archived episodes we've had in the past all available there we run every friday afternoon on billboard.com so until next week have a good weekend everybody peace out
1: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter